Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. The 3HL. Powered by Ryan Kelly and TheHomeLoanExpert.com. With Brent Doherty, Don Davenport, and Ron Slay. Door to 1045 The Zone. There she is. She's Dog Davenport. Happy Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? You almost said Monday, didn't you? I don't even know what day it is. It's football season, and that's all that matters. Yes, it's Tennessee Football Eve. Vol fans uh, unite uh, as the season begins in 27 hours from right now. Are you guys ready? I'm wearing a Tennessee shirt right now. Yes, you are. Uh, Ron Slay is at Tennessee. He right is, now. and he's got, Ron Slay is going to check in today, and we don't know what time. So you're just going to have to listen to the whole show. Yep, we'll let you know. I will say this: he sent us pictures of the stadium, and the sky is like perfectly blue. There's not a cloud in the sky. The sun's shining. The inside of the stadium looks sweet. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, he said uh, all the new things in the stadium are popping, is what he said. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, Slay's doing some things in Knoxville, uh, which we will reveal with some sort of an announcement at some point from him. Yeah. Um, he already kind of, like, clued people in one day when he made an announcement that he was going to have an announcement, which I thought was interesting. Right. Uh, but, you know, Which Slay, I told him so. you can't do that. You don't announce an announcement. That's like, I don't know. <laughs> transferring. I'm going to hold a press conference to let you know that I'm foregoing my senior year. No, like just do it. Half the schools now do so that they can celebrate the player. That's right. Or, yeah, have an announcement that you're going to return for your sixth year. <laughs> Even though we knew you weren't going to get drafted. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Um, the practice squad is out and here's, here's the thing. We've got a busy show to navigate with you, uh, today. Uh, John Robinson will address the media at 305 live. Um, so we will go to that when he hits the podium. Uh, Mike Vrabel will, um, hop into the mix after that. Um, so we'll record that coach Mac presented by Farm Bureau health plans will join us at 320 and we'll roll through the initial 53. With Coach Mack. Also, we do have the practice squad, and it goes a little something like this. Uh, tight end Thomas Adekoya, uh, the international player. Running back Trenton Cannon. Linebacker Joe Jones, number 42. Defensive back Theo Jackson from Tennessee. Defensive like back Chris Jackson. Not Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. If you go back far enough, you'll know what I'm talking about. Outside linebacker David Anini. We... Uh, are not surprised by that one. Jaden Peavy, a defensive lineman. Uh, tight end David Wells, not the pitcher for the Yankees, I guess. Maybe it is. Got the Babe Ruth hat? Boy, that'd be a story, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that everybody missed. 
I really think like that, David Wells, the pitcher. I don't. I'm not sure that anybody ever drank more beer than that guy. Or does now? Maybe he doesn't drink beer. I'm just saying, like that was my visual of him. Oh, he does because he even said that when he. I believe he said that when he threw that no hitter in the Babe Ruth hat, he oh. was drunk. The perfect game. Yeah, the perfect game. He, he oh, was, that's right. He wasn't drunk. He was. Uh, he, he was um, st- maybe still bust. <laughs> he felt it. Yeah, he felt the effects and then threw a perfect game. That's true. Uh, I don't think that's the same guy. Offensive lineman <laughs> Andrew Rupich. Offensive lineman Jordan Roos. Man, he struggled in that Arizona game. Mm-hmm. Offensive lineman Xavier Newman. Defensive lineman Larell Murchison. Wide receivers Reggie Roberson, Mason Kenzie, Des Fitzpatrick, and quarterback Logan, Logan Woodside. Woodside. Yep. Joe Hunt navigating in there. All right, let's go over to St. Thomas Sports Park and uh, John Robinson, the general manager of the Tennessee Titans, addressing the media. Got down to uh, 53 and then uh, got you know a big bulk of the group back on the practice squad today. So um, productive camp. Um, still got a lot of work to do, but um, we're moving forward and getting ready for week one. How will that work for you? Yeah, we're, uh, so this afternoon, Racy McMath will go on injured reserve. Um, and we'll sign Cody Hollister back to the active roster. Uh, obviously, Woodside, one of the players that came back on the practice squad, but what did Malik show you throughout the course of training camp and preseason to kind of feel comfortable with that quarterback two role? Yeah, I mean, I thought he he, I mean, he really improved. Uh, he certainly made some impressive plays in, in the preseason games, but even at practice, um, you know, just the ball coming out of his hand a little quicker, um, you know, throwing with a little bit better anticipation, uh, deciphering, working through coverages. I you know, just thought that he was on the on the right track. Um, and I mean, he's still got a long way to go, but uh, certainly trending in the right direction. What has Hollister kind of, or how has he improved over the last couple of years that, you know, he's the guy for right now for you there? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Cody's uh, toughness level, um, you know, he, he's um, he's an depend- extremely dependable guy. He's a smart player. He can play a multitude of, you know, multiple spots at the receiver position um, on a moment's notice without a lot of rep, you know, reps throughout the course of the week of practice. Um, he's been a competitive guy on special teams. He's been productive on special teams for us, which when you're not in, you know, if you're not the one, two, three, four receiver, you're going to have to do something in the kicking game, you know, realistically. Um, and he's, he's done a great job blocking. So, you know, all the things for that position, get open, catch, uh, block, dependability, intelligence, versatility. He embodies a lot of those characteristics. What do you like about Dennis Daly and, and his versatility, I guess, a, a key for him as he joins the team? Yeah, I mean, we played against him a couple of years ago. I mean, he certainly kept him. I remember he was at the senior ball. I think it was the same year that Nate was down there, uh, Davis. Um, uh, he played mostly left tackle for those guys, but he's also played right tackle. He's played some guard. Uh, I think he's got good foot quickness. He's got some snap with his punch. You know, I thought, you know, he played, I think he started nine games last year and, and blocked a lot of good good players. Um, he don't win every rep, but he battles and fights and finishes and tries to stay in front of his guy. And uh, he was excited about the opportunity here and, you know, felt that adding, you know, depth to that position group was important for us and, you know, glad that he was available. John, keeping guys. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I mean, he's working, he's working mostly at tackle, Joe, you know, throughout the course of the spring and, and then through training camp. And then, you know, he's moved, he's getting some guard work now because if, you know, if you're not one of the first five, you, you want to be able to go in and play multiple spots. You know, we've seen we've seen his his work at tackle. He played guard some last year for us during you know practices and stuff. He played left tackle in the San Fran game last year. So, 
you know, working at guard now, you know, just trying to get brushed up because he spent so much time at tackle so that he can punch in at any of those spots. What are some of the late guys like uh, Lonnie Johnson, Ugo, what, what did they do in order to come in and be able to earn a spot so quickly over a guy like Theo Jackson who you drafted? Yeah, I think, well, I mean, Theo missed a little bit of time there in the middle of training camp. We were able to get uh, Lonnie in here. Um, you know, he's he's got a unique skill set in that he's played corner and he's played safety. Uh, he's a really long player. He's a fast player. He's an explosive player. Um, he did some things in the kicking game in the preseason that, you know, that kind of caught, that kind of caught our eye. Um, and, and we think he can play, you know, a couple different spots. Theo's really improved. Um, glad that Theo's back with us on the practice squad. I keep working with him. He's working at a couple of different positions too. Um, and, and Ugo, you know, he was here for like two or three days. You know, he certainly had a lot of film uh, in his time in Seattle. Uh, briefly uh, there with Philly, they kind of played him down there in the nickel roll. Um, and then, you know, when we got him here, he played in the game and was productive in what we asked him to do. So his ability to, I would say, transition to what we do and learn and execute pretty quickly certainly bode well for him. Impressive about Trey Avery and Julius Chestnut that they earned spots uh, on the 53. Yeah, that's undrafted. a great. That's a great. I mean, I think with with Julius, uh, I mean, he he ran hard, he ran tough, he he played good on special teams. He caught he actually caught the ball better than I thought he would. You know, um, and, and you know anything that we asked him to do, he didn't have a whole lot of mental errors. Um, was just a guy that you know I didn't we didn't know if he, we could get him through waivers, but he also earned you know there earned the opportunity on the team. And then you know, Trey, you know he was he was a late addition to the to the undrafted class. He came in here, and I, I made the analogy yesterday. He was kind of seventh or eighth in the race uh, about midway through camp, and it seemed like once he got to turn four, you know he just hitched up and kept running and kept passing guys up. He's competitive at the line of scrimmage. Uh, he's really sticky in coverage. Uh, he's got good play speed. He's got good instincts. And he doesn't—he doesn't play the position like a rookie. He doesn't—he's not intimidated. He gets up there and he lines up on his guy, and he's reactive and he's really done a nice job. John, keeping Dez off the initial 53 again, I guess maybe what's the message for him, and what specifically do you guys want to see for, from him in terms of continuing to grow? Well, it was a different conversation this year than it was a year ago, Ben. You know, I thought that he really had an outstanding offseason. Um, he got off to a really good start in training camp, made some plays for us, and then the consistency bug kind of crept in there. You know, there were practices where it, it wasn't so good, um, and then, you know, he would rebound a little bit the next day and then maybe drop the next day and then really, you know, really turn it up the next. And, and I told him we, we, we've just got to maintain that consistent level and work to improve a little bit. You can't have the highs and lows, you know, the peaks and valleys throughout the course uh, of your career improvement-wise. And he acknowledged that, and he was excited to be back uh, here today and um, working on the practice squad. And I mean, we saw what he did last year. He improved throughout the course of the season last year, earned the right to get back up on the 53, and that's what the expectation level is for him this year. Looked like about 20% of the initial 53 is made up of rookies. What, did, what does that say about this team and what they were able to show you? Um, I mean, I think it's a competitive group, I and mean, we spent a lot of time with these guys, you know, in the in the in the draft process, being able to. You know, to be around them and get to know them, and um, they've came in. I was talking to uh, Chicky Giassi, our player development guy. He said this has been one of the better rookie classes from a standpoint of coming in here and being able to act like a, you know, what we expect a pro football player to act like, um, which is a testament to them and the universities that the universities that they came from, and um, you know their commitment to to us and to the process. 
Ty Sambrio, that tackle who could plug in either side at, at a moment's notice. Do you have a clear-cut number three guy right now? Well, I think we're working through that, David. That's kind of why we've, you know, um, uh, Dylan's played on, on, on both sides. Um, Jamarco has played on both sides. Um, Dennis has played on Daly has played on both sides. So, and we've got three guys that we think that have played on both of those sides on the end of the line of scrimmage. And, you know, they're, they're working at a couple of different spots and you know, whoever the best one is, if, you know, if called upon, when called upon to go out there and play other spot, you know, we're going to expect them to be ready. What do you think went wrong? Josh Gordon was going to visit today, uh, NFL network report. Um, I guess is that is that accurate? And and I guess if so, what what do you have to consider when you when you maybe bring in a guy like that just to take a look? Yeah, I mean we're going to work out a lot of players throughout the course of the fall, uh, John. And uh, we don't comment on those guys. We'll com- comment about the guys that are on the team. Um, and if players, when we've worked them out, if they end up on the team, then we'll talk about them. What do you think went wrong with the 2020 draft class? And is that something that you could you could learn from going forward? Um, well, I think, you know, Christian Fulton was in that class. Um, uh, Merch was in that class. Merch has made our, our team a couple times, and then he ended back up on the practice squad this year. We've got some guys in the, you know, that were undrafted that are on that class. I've spoke about the guys that aren't here anymore. I'm not going to talk about those guys again. Um, but I, I think that was that whole that whole period of time was it was kind of weird for all of us, right, because we were in this pandemic. We were locked in our houses, and we couldn't do anything. And um it certainly, I mean, we tried to go through our process, TD, but it was just different. And it wasn't, I, I personally didn't work, was not able to do what I normally do as I prep for, you know, for the draft. Is that a reason why that on the flip side of that, the guys like uh, Nick Westbrook and Tier Tart and Aaron Brewer slipped through the cracks in that draft, but turned out to be productive players? Possibly. Yeah, possibly. I mean, we, we just certainly did our due diligence on those guys and identified those, got them here, and um, really worked hard to improve. They're much better football players than they were when they got here. Uh, and that's a testament to those guys. All right, that's Titans General Manager John Robinson rolling through uh, some information as the Titans Hit their initial 53. Racy McMath hits the IR. Cody Hollister signed to the active roster. That's five wide receivers. We'll roll through that in a little bit. Uh, they didn't think they could get Chestnut through waivers to get him on the practice squad. An interesting comment there. And about uh, the uh, potential of Josh Gordon uh, being worked out today, as reported by the NFL Network, we're going to work out a lot of players this fall, he said. Not going to comment on anybody that's not on the roster. So uh, some uh, comments from John uh, Robinson. Uh, Mike Vrabel will address the media as well. We'll have some audio from him during the course of today's show. When we come back, Coach Mack presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Let's get right into that initial 53 with Coach Mack next, 3HL 104.5 The Zone. Looking. 3HL 104.5 The Zone. Brent Doherty, Don Davenport, Ron Slay on assignment at Knoxville. It's a pretty cool assignment, too. I can't wait to let you in on that. We'll let him do that, of course. Yes. And he's going to check in at some point today. Don is headed to Starkville, Mississippi. Stark Vegas, baby. <laughs> I've been there one time. It was in 1994. I saw Tennessee fumble the ball five times and oh, lose. Oh, jeez. I also saw Peyton Manning come in in the game in relief of Todd Helton and throw an out route to Kendrick Jones, 
where the corner tried to jump the route, thought he had good position, but Peyton Manning threw, as Coach Mack likes to call it, a piss missile missile. to the sideline. The corner, like, looked around like, what was that? Yeah. Kendrick Jones caught it, ran 80 yards for a touchdown, and everybody was like, okay, we get the whole Peyton Manning thing. I understand. Did your ears ring with cowbells? Uh, yeah, you know, it wasn't that bad to me. Maybe I'd built it up um, expectation level-wise in my head that it wasn't that bad. And I again, think it's gotten worse. Well, I say worse. <laughs> maybe. Better for maybe. the fan base. We, but. Had, we had a great time, I'll tell you that. And uh, the people at Mississippi State loved partying, um, whether oh, yeah. we were Tennessee people or not. They didn't care. Yeah. So it Everybody's made it fun. Everybody's welcome. <laughs> but I, I did, I told the story all the time, but we pulled in in Starkville into a convenience store and we were getting beer, right? Like, because that's the first thing you do on a college road trip when you pull into the convenience store, you, you get beer. And they didn't have cold beer. Because mm-hmm. they can't. And the or guy they was, couldn't. Yeah, the guy was like, yeah, we don't sell cold beer down here. And I'm like, you really think this is going to stop us? And he goes, I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and so it didn't. Uh, and we had a blast, even though uh, Tennessee lost. But we did get a glimpse as to what Peyton Manning was that day. Uh, Coach Mack. Piss missiles, man. I'll never forget that phrase. <laughs> well, because it's accurate. How are we doing, Brent and Don? Don and I talked a little bit about the Cowbell game this weekend. We have. A little bit of a defensive ball talk against I, that, that offense, which I, I know the season started when Don and I start talking real ball about real things. <laughs> I texted him, Coach Mack, I got a ball question for you. Will you talk over it with me? He immediately calls me, and, uh, yeah, we were talking about defending the air raid and what's key because – Coaches always say, don't let the quarterback read grass. <laughs> so Don thanks, will Coach. Crush it. Don will crush it on, on her broadcast there with that. <laughs> well, let me ask you a question about that, not knowing the answer. But um, so when you look at Mississippi State's offense and, and you look at Will Rogers, he had a very high completion percentage. But, Coach Mack, in the games that I watched, people talk about air raid. And when you think air raid, you think, oh, they're going deep shot after deep shot. But that's not really what I saw when I watched them. It was a lot of underneath stuff and, and just kind of matriculated the ball down the field, Hank Stram style, but not Hank Stram style. Yeah, no, it it, it, it absolutely is not just a takeoff route every time. It's yeah. important. I told I told Don this, where I'm not giving away any secrets. I mean, defensively you've got to play you've got to play a pretty uh, vanilla shell to begin with. Don't mm-hmm. show them pre snap what you're gonna be in, morph down into the coverage. But the key against that offense is spot tackling especially on first down, to put them behind the chains on second down. But you've got to spot tackle. They're going to complete passes, and they're going to make yards. You don't want to give up the explosives over your head, and you really don't want to give them the same post-snap look that you're giving them pre-snap look. That They talk about reading grass. Basically what they're doing is reading numbers when they, when they come off the ball. So you cannot, you cannot show that offense what you're going to be in before the snap. Yeah, I've been, I've been talking to some people in that world. I I kind of like Mississippi State to to not win the West necessarily, but be kind of an agitator team that mm-hmm. that gives you a lot more than maybe what you think they will. Well, defensively, Don and I talked about this. You've got to have patience, and you've got to you've got to be able to swallow your ego as a defensive coach. You think <laughs> you're going to go in there and shut them out for yards? That's not going to happen. You've got to be able to pick and choose your spot, but you've got to be able to win first down by spot tackling. There you go. Coach Memphis, Mack. new D.C., too, although he called plays for Ohio State at the end of the year last year, so it's probably pretty well, legit. There you go. There's that. <laughs> uh, while we've got you on college football, what do you think about this Tennessee Ball State uh, matchup and, and how excited are you to see what that, that year two of that hypo offense looks like? Should be a boat race. Yeah. Should be an absolute. 
should be an absolute boat race, and that's what you want. You want to come out, you know, really, you know, on all cylinders, both offense and defense, and you want to get your team straight. You would really like to have the first quarter and a half just be a boat race and then be able to – but you want to be solid, and then you want to be able to start playing some, some younger guys throughout it. But I'm completely expecting a boat race this time, and I expect a full house down there too. That'll be a lot of fun. Ron Slade's the perfect person to have down there agitating everybody. <laughs> How difficult is it to to, to kind of change the way a quarterback is? I'm asking about Joe Milton. So how do you get a guy to go from throwing 105-mile-an-hour fastballs no matter what the throw is and, and just scud missile in that thing and explosions happening all over the field when, when the ball hits to, to develop well, some sort of touch? Is it possible? Yeah, you know, it's possible. First thing you do is bench him until he does it. You know, that, that, that changes your mind a lot. You know, I mean, well, they did that. Yeah. Well, they did. And so they're probably working towards that. But, you know, Hinton Hooker came in because he could, he could read coverage and he, and he had, and he had some touch. I mean, Joe Milton, you know, has got some, has got some ability, but yeah. when he, when they first put him out there, he was throwing the deep ball, but he was throwing it way too deep. All right. <laughs> so yeah, that's what you do. I tell you, uh, one of the better teachers in the history of, Football, regardless of what side of the ball it is, is that sideline. <laughs> Were you impressed with what Vanderbilt was able to do? I know it was Hawaii, but Vanderbilt's played bad yeah, teams before and not scored sixty three. They, they had they had to boat race Hawaii. Yeah, and that that helps. Uh, you know, and when you're coming from the the starting point that that Vanderbilt is, you know, in the second year for Clark Lee, I mean, any you, you've got to show improvement, but also look, winning helps the way you feel. I don't, you know, I mean, you you made a long trip out there, which is good, and you won the game, and you did boat racing, so that helps everything. I mean, I take nothing away from that performance. In fact, I was glad to see him do it. Coach Mack, let's uh, transition to Titans. 53 yeah. roster is in, and obviously I know you, uh, you have the behind-the-scenes knowledge and all that, but – uh, any big surprises on the roster from kind of when you came into camp towards the middle of camp to how it ended up? You know what? Not really, Don. I mean, I think we've <laughs> talked about this throughout the, 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 the preseason, you know, just talking about, I mean, those guys have, you know, I mean, the right tackle job was won, you know, after about the third, you know, the third week on, I thought, uh, just because of the, the pass protection. So we kind of knew that. Uh, you kind of kept looking at it, and, and to me, the, the final – the final uh, uh, roster didn't surprise me. It surprised me a little bit with Chestnut because you yeah. kept five, but I think the reasoning behind it was right. I mean, you might have you might have lost that guy, and, and he you know he may not be on the initial uh, the I mean the fifty three for long. Right. But the fact that I mean he showed up enough. I know Don was a little down on him for fumbling, but he fumbled once <laughs> in the game, and then then he came back and then a couple and times in practice. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well. Well. But that's over. And then he got then he got back he got back on the horse in the game and did a nice job. The kid's got skills. So anyway, the fifty three man roster was about what I expected, and the guys they brought back on the practice squad was about what I expected to continue to develop those guys. Guys, if there's anything ever good that came out for football from that COVID year for the National Football League was a sixty man sixteen man practice squad. That gives you a chance to really develop some players. And there's some guys that need some more development. Some guys just need to soak longer than others. And they brought back some guys that need to soak a little longer, but the fact that they're there practicing will help. So you were impressed that Chestnut was able to put some of that fumbling behind him. And, and like the image that popped in my head when you said that was like, like maybe a cowboy at Gillies puts down his beard, gets on the bull, gets thrown off, but then looks around, gets back on the bull and rides it. You ever been to Gillies? Yeah. 
We took a yeah. we took a school field trip when I was in the third grade to Gillies. Oh, jeez. To Gillies down to Gillies to Gillies down in Pasadena. Yes. What kind of school did you go to? Patton F. <laughs> Elementary School in Sharpstown. Well, I, I'm I'm telling you what now. That I've, I've been I've been to that Gillies live and in color. I mean, I was older than I was in grade school, so we had a lot of stuff going on. So uh, yeah, most cowboys that got on that original bull at Gillies had more than one beer. I did think it was it was a fun watch to watch the competition at right tackle and Nicholas Petit Frere. I'm telling you, that is a great story, right? To to come in and be behind a year behind and show improvement week to week, not only in the games but also at practice, which also provides Dylan Reynolds, I think, an opportunity to to maybe work himself into that swing guy uh, at guard. And you know, in terms of pro football focus, whatever you want to put into that, played much better inside in that last preseason game. Well, to me, I mean, it was one. And and again, I give I give a lot of credit to him because he worked on the issues that he had at Ohio State that that uh, you know precipitated him being a third round pick because he's got length. You know, it was in, he worked on his pass protection, which was good. I think both of them, if you if you graded it out, I don't grade them out every game, but you look at it and you watch practice, they were both pretty similar at the right tackle in their run blocking. All right, but but uh, Nicholas Petit Frere, you know, I think won it because of his length and the adjustments that he made as far as on the edge in pass protection. And so yes, I mean, I give him all the credit in the world because starting out, Dylan Radens, you know, had an advantage over him, and, and you were expecting. You know him to maybe be able to work his way into that. Well, but Nicholas Petit Frere, and again, they gave both of those guys an even opportunity. And then, and if Ray, when Ravens moves inside, he'll be the swing guy. And so that's what you got to have. And that's you know that's why they brought in you know the, the you know the other tackle tackle slash guard you know from the Panthers. You know to be a swing guy, you're going to have to have about nine guys. And if you dress seven on Sundays, uh, those other two they have to be able to play outside on both sides. You know, and and they have to be able to go into that center guard triangle at least one of them. Yeah, Dennis Daly is the guy you're talking about. Uh, I saw right. some tape on him, coach. I wasn't real impressed, but you know, maybe maybe he can get back on the bull at Gillies. <laughs> well, no, no, nobody nobody said they were bringing in a first round pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, there's a report out there, Coach Mack, uh, today that Josh Gordon, who was released by the Chiefs, uh, is meeting to chat with the Titans. Obviously. John Robinson wouldn't comment on it when he was asked, um, rightfully so. But what is your thought on that? They're going to bring a lot of guys through here. Yeah. You know, and that, that, that's what you do. I mean, if you want to find out about somebody, you bring them in. So that doesn't, that doesn't shock me. There will, be, there will be probably quite a few guys. I mean, guys, we had 91 guys come through last year that played on this team, right? Yeah. So they're going, to, they're going to scour it. So you're going to have quite a few guys come through the car wash here all the time do you think they're okay at receiver right now you look at this roster obviously the news that uh racy went to ir you think they're okay right now yeah they're okay right now i mean and we'll, we'll find out and if they're not as the season progresses then they'll do something else about it but guys let's let's be real honest now you everybody says well you know why don't we go out and get well why don't you go out and get where you know, because thirty-two. <laughs> yeah. It ain't that there. easy. Well, it, it's not easy because people aren't discarding good players. Right. I mean, that's not that's not the business that you're in. So you've got to develop the guys that you're with. You really do. Trey Avery uh, made the roster. Um, was reading yeah. about him during the break. Uh, what a cool story! Undrafted guy out of Rutgers. What do you think about him? 
I liked him because I thought just when he come in, what I lo- I watch for first when I watch young guys come in is just how they just how they carry themselves on the field. Some guys look like they're a little bit apprehensive about being in the National Football League when they're new, which is, uh, you know, that that that's understandable. Correct. He didn't. He never acted like that. I mean, he was always just kind of lining up and getting in front of who he's supposed to get in front of and getting off a block and going to make tackles. And, look, that's what you look for first because if somebody has got that type of confidence, it's not bravado, it's just confidence, and then you're able to develop that, well, that's what you're looking for. I mean, good for him. I mean, when when you do that, he's earned it. Yeah. Look, nobody's given anybody anything in this league, nothing. Coaches are players. I've told you this many a times. One of the first things I was told is, look, you're, you got, you're interviewing every day. Don't just think just because all of a sudden you're here as a Bears coach that you're going to be a Bears coach for very long. You're interviewing every day. And that's the same way players are. How long were you Bears coach? Well, 10 years. No, I mean head no, coach. No, head coach. Six hours didn't know it for three. <laughs> that's my favorite comment. Uh, Chance Campbell, inside linebacker, six-round pick out of Ole Miss. Uh, really showed uh, during preseason games. Very active player. What, what do you like about him? Good eyes, can read the center guard triangle, gets ahead of blocks, uh, has pretty has pretty decent instincts, good special teams player. Uh, yeah. you know, he was his last his last year collegiately. He's a tackling machine. He knows how to find the football. Some guys behind the line second-level players, I've, I've coached it for years in this league, have a knack for a GPS to the ball, as I like to call it. They've got a natural GPS to get there, to get ahead of blocks. He can do that. So uh, he's going to have to be a, a core special teams contributor. And as he continues to develop, now the thing that he's got he's to know is that the speed is going to even ramp up more because the people he played against in these three preseason games aren't the same dudes that if he gets in a ball game for now, it's going to be the same type of speed. But you've got to be able, when you're doing that at that position, you've got to be able to have great eye discipline, trust your eyes, trust your read, learn how to read, and get ahead of some blocks. Because how many times have I said this to you? In this league, when you're playing for real as a linebacker, a slow, correct decision is wrong because it'll be past you. Yep. Coach Mack with us, uh, presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Coach Mack, uh, last thing today, um, and then, man, yeah. we get to start talking about games and stuff next week. <laughs> um, were you surprised that Laurel Murchison made, cleared waivers and, and made it to the practice squad? Not really. you gotta, you got to figure, guys, if you're going to pick somebody up, you know, uh, you're going to claim them, you're going to put them on your active roster, right? I mean, and so, look, there's players out there. I mean, there's we got 32 teams full of players, and plus, you know, all of these other 31 teams have spent a lot of time developing the players that they have. What they're really hoping now, guys, I mean, your mindset you know, when you're making a roster move nowadays with the 16-man practice squad is, I hope I get these guys back through because I've spent a lot of time developing them, and I will get more time to develop them. So, no, I mean, you've got to be – somebody's got to be really in dire need to pick up somebody right now at this point, put them on their active roster. I know you're breaking down film. You've got Mac talk coming up. You've got uh, Titans games. It, it's it's busy season time for Mac. We got up there early this morning. Amy Wells and I. We already started. I mean, we've already been looking at at, at Buffalo, and we've been looking at Baltimore. People will say why, because that's where the two play callers are coming from. Then we also watched. We also watched today. You know, we we watched New York's preseason games. Then I I did two Microsoft. Uh, surface things recorded that mike and amy recorded i mean it, it it's worked it's go time now yeah i forgot wink martindale went over to the uh giants 
no, no, well, I, I, don't forget it because there's going <laughs> to be some definite things you're going to see. I mean, Wink is the guy that unapologetically blitzes about 60 70% of the time. <laughs> he has his whole career. I mean, it, he's kind of like Bruce Arians on the offensive side of it. No risk it, no biscuit. Yeah. And you're going to see you're going to see overload blitzes. You're going to see looks that you've never seen before coming from everywhere. So it's going to be a real challenge. It always is with his fronts. Love it. Great conversation, coach. Always enjoy it. Appreciate it. Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow. Nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see See us? us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Don, have a good game. See you. Thanks, Coach Mac. Good stuff. You didn't say bye to me. Sure he did. <laughs> Coach Mac presented by Farm Bill Health Plans. Uh, Degret Healthcare coverage at an affordable price tag. Let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They've been protecting Tennesseans for 75 years. When we come back, Coach Vrabel with the media. We've got the entire thing for you next on 104.5 The Zone. The Big Titans are talking today. Heard from General Manager John Robinson earlier, who said uh, a bunch of things, uh, including Racing McMath, wide receiver, will hit the IR. Cody Hollister has been signed to the active roster. That gives him five wide receivers, Robert Woods, Nick Westbrook, Akina, uh, Kyle Phillips, Traylon Burks, and Cody Hollister. He said they didn't think they could get Julius Chestnut, the running back, through waivers to get him to the practice squad. Which was interesting. Yep, and uh, asked specifically about Josh Gordon, who was cut from Kansas City, and uh, NFL Network saying that he would work out for the Titans today. He was asked specifically about that by John Glennon. We're going to work a lot of guys out this fall, is what he said. We'll talk about the guys that are on the roster. So what did the head coach have to say to the media today? Here is uh, what he had to say in its entirety. Teresa with the day off. She went golfing. She said today that uh, she'd have an injury report for you next Wednesday. Good. I look forward to it. What do you guys got? Uh, we haven't seen Danico Autry on the practice field for a while. How's the progress he's been making throughout the course good. of the camp? Good. You know, good to see him back out there. He did some good things, and, you know, we'll get, get moving forward with him. <clears throat> I guess, Mike, over the last 24 hours, maybe communication with players, guys coming, guys going, and how, how would that work? Well, I mean, we, we know it's a difficult time, having been through it, you know, um, as a player and a coach. It's um, it's not easy. We try to uh, communicate and visit with each guy, each person. Uh, they put a lot into it. Some of them have spent a lot of time with us. Um, you know, and we also try to communicate with the ones that – that we do want back, that we have all intentions of continuing to work with them. Um, we know how important the practice squad is, how critical it is to, you know, to our season, not only to, to us and the games that we would have to, put, you know, use those guys in. We have done that a lot. Is also their development. Like with the quarterbacks with, with Malik, will he ever help your, you know, scout team help to give the defense looks during the practice? That's every. That's it? the backup quarterback's job. That's where they get their reps. So. You know, we try to put it in our terminology, you know, and we 
talked a lot about that here in the last couple of days when you know we started just using some cards is that you know whether we put the call on there or not for you you should be able to look at the formation look at the play and then translate that into our terms and if it's not you know and if we don't have it for whatever reason um you know then then that's fine then run the card but you know we're asking those guys to to come out there take control of the huddle uh, the cadence the operation make sure guys are lined up and that's where he's getting his a lot of his reps and so those can be good reps Will there be anything different with him just because you're in this process of trying to also have him in your offense and everything or is it just how it would be with anyone in that role that how it would be with any backup quarterback i mean he's still preparing like you know he's going to be the starter you know, so is Logan, and then, you know, he'll get some reps throughout the course of the day, but the majority of his work and every backup quarterback that I've been associated with, that's where their work is. What impressed you in camp in preseason with, about Julius Chestnut and Trey Avery? Uh, there's, I thought they came in and competed. You know, John talked a lot about the roster, I'm sure, so just keep it to, you know, the Giants. Tannehill, this camp, like, have you seen any change in the way he goes about leading this team? I hear you said. I said with Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. I mean, I think that he's had a very good camp. I think that, you know, you hear him talking through things and, you know, explaining the situations, whether we're in a group period or what we're working on. Um, you know, I think he's very conscious of, of being vocal and, you know, working through things with – tight ends that are new or receivers or you know trying to you know figure out where where each and every guy is going to be and making sure that they're where he wants them what's it like you mentioned you know kind of looking toward the giants what's it like preparing for a team in week one that's going to have so much newness to it um, i know it's about getting your team ready but how's the how's the preparation go and preparing for somebody with a lot of unknowns well, I mean, we we played against both coordinators. You know, the head coach has been in Buffalo. The defensive coordinator has been in uh, Baltimore. So try to learn the personnel the best that we can. Try to anticipate what we may see from from them in all three phases. You know, most of the scheme stuff would probably come from, you know, somebody other than the Giants. So you're watching the Giants for, for personnel to see guys' skill set, how they play. Um you know, and then you're just trying to trying to get them prepared the best that you can for the things that you think you might see. Do you see this as kind of an extension of training camp in terms of working on what you need to work on while starting to put in what you need to do against the Giants, or how do you approach? This? I think it's probably a little bit of both. You know, trying to um, use the time that we have to, to get some work into some competitive work, which we did today, and then you know also start to show them you know stuff that we we think we may see in the game. See, Daly is, is more of one or the other, more tackler guard, or, or what are your thoughts? Oh, line. See where it kind of works out. He's got flexibility. How hard was the decision that had to be made on Brett? I mean, again, John touched on the roster. Um, my conversation with Brett was was fantastic. Can't can't uh, can't thank him enough for his professionalism. Um, my time with him personally, the impact that he's made over the four years that um, I've been here uh, with him in this community, this football team, I've watched his kids grow up. It was good to have Bryce out here for training camp. It was really fun, you know, and, and I know that, you know, I'm going to have a you know good relationship with Brett, you know, moving forward. He's just a true professional. What's Des got to show you to kind of work his way back again, you know, possibly potentially get into the 53? 
same thing that you know hopefully all the receivers you know being able to get open when we need them to being able to block when we need them to catch you know contested catches I guess with Brett Gaughan Taylor's kind of the elder statesman now what is uh what is his presence and leadership meant for this team since you've been here oh I mean I think we all know Taylor's personality I think that that's something that has to be a strength for us you know his his energy um you know his his vocalness I mean you hear him out there and you know he's had a good camp he's been out there he's improved you know trying to work on some things so that's um it's always a positive you know he's never asked for a day off he's never done that we've tried to take care of him the best that we can um you know and I think and I'm hopeful that that leadership continues How's Nicholas Petit Ferrer grown at his position, and what more can he do? Do you think as he evolves as an NFL player to learn that spot? Well, I just so much different, you know, things that he sees from looks and scheme from our defense, or you know, Tampa and Arizona, and then now going, you know, looking forward to the Giants. You know, that's a lot of stuff. So each block or each play, you know, based on the front. You know, there's a lot more to it than than that. You know, I think when sometimes in pass protection, that's probably the easiest thing that they have is because it's, you know, the tackle usually has the end unless, you know, there's pressure or something else happens. So, you know, with that, it's just really just being good at the top of the pocket and, you know, using his length, using his size. But I think he's adjusting to, to the different looks in the run game. That's Mike Vrabel, Titans head coach, uh, talking about what's talk about the Giants. He's in regular season form already. Yeah, the uh, John Robinson talked about the roster. How many times did he say that? A million. Yeah, we uh, know, Coach, but we want to hear from you. Yeah, so Daly, uh, is he a tackle or a guard? He's an offensive lineman, Coach Vrabel said. We'll see how it shakes out. <laughs> That's actually the right answer right um, there. <laughs> talking about an uncommon opponent, the New York Giants, he pointed out that uh, they watch the Giants for personnel, but um, their head coach and both coordinators – Obviously, with a track record, Brian Dayball, Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator, uh, most recently. Mike Kafka is the offensive coordinator of the Giants. Last two seasons, he was the quarterback's coach and passing game coordinator for Kansas City. Been uh, in Kansas City with Andy Reid the last five years, so you look there. And then Wink Martindale, we talked with Coach Mack about him. 35 years in the league, last four uh, serving as Ravens defensive coordinator. So uh, there you go. That's a lot of Titan stuff. We're going to switch over to some college football in the next hour. Josh Ward from our sister station, um, WNML Radio in Knoxville, will join us next to talk about Tennessee and Ball State. Todd football Furman. Eve. That's right. Todd Furman at 430. Danny Cannell talking college football at 445 from a national perspective, and he and Don like to get into it, so we'll see I was going to say, there. you mean from an ACC homer perspective? There you go. All right, shots fired already. All right, uh, more 3HL. Stay tuned on 104.5 The Zone.